Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to Chuck Bean. Check it out. Oh, there we go. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking to Chuck Bean. Chuck, how you doing? Hello, sir. From one Chuck to another, how are yes. you having a good evening? I'm having a great evening. It's the it's the Chuck and Chuck show for the next hour. <laughs> so, Double barrel Chucks. That's right. I want to thank you so much for um, for being on Fans with Bands. I reached out to you um, back when you were on uh, Riff, and I had like some old CDs of my old band from years ago, and you were kind enough to get those on. Um, Motor City Metal or Motor City Riffs and Motor City Riffs and I think Midnight Metal. I Midnight think Metal, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a double play on that. So thank you so yes. much. Yeah, that was, uh, was that was that was the power that I got to wield as the producer of both shows. <laughs> yeah, is that I could move people over. That was awesome. Um, I thought it would be fun to talk with you because um, you know typically I'm talking to bands and and their fans. Um, but you've been involved in uh, the local music scene for a long time, and I thought it would yeah. be fun to have you on here and get kind of your perspective. So anyway, thank you so much. Um, I know that we before we started recording uh, that John had a great question. So, John, why don't you start it us off? Yeah. So uh, anyways, I'm just wondering what's uh, what does the journey look like after that great career at the Rift, Chuck? <laughs> well, um Right now, I'm trying to take it uh, take it a little easy because uh, I, I had some medical issues over the last couple of months. But thankfully, I feel I'm uh, kind of past a lot of that, and uh, I'm, I'm getting better every day, which is cool. Um, I don't have any irons to, in the fire at the moment, ex with the exception of me and my wife have been talking about doing a uh, a podcast ourselves that will be kind of an offshoot of the Nerd Radio podcast that I did for about eight years over at the Riff. Be something very similar. We'll talk about nerd stuff like professional wrestling and comic books and video games and stuff, but then we'll also have guests on um, and and find out like they will will pick a topic that they're super passionate about. It doesn't just have to be nerd stuff. It could be a band you're super passionate about. It can be a TV show. It can be a movie kind of thing. And oh, we'll, awesome. we'll kind of discuss that. And it's going to be called the Really Big Fan Podcast. Awesome. Uh, so you can follow that right now uh, at Really Big Fan Pod. We 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 set up a Twitter account and a Facebook account. Uh, we're going to be we're on Twitch which is where the show is going to be broadcast uh, once we get all our ducks in a row. And then uh, it'll be put out on YouTube and then it'll be you know put out as an audio podcast too. So that's the only thing I've really got in the works right now, but I'm uh, trying to keep myself open to, you know, anything that, uh, that my skill set is good for, which is obviously audio editing and producing and, and doing stuff like this. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, John, Jay, or Jennifer, do you guys have any other questions? No, not really. <laughs> right. I, I know Chuck for a couple of years now. Nice. Just a just a few. Oh. It's it's funny because <laughs> it's funny because Jay is actually the singer in the band that I was in the longest drizzle. Oh, so drizzle. Just, oh yeah. 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 So uh I, are you still up in Standish, Jay? I am. I am uh, yeah. I'm actually currently sitting in the living room right now, not doing excellent anything. <laughs> just, just sitting around in the great white north i not not a not a ton to do up here man you know, <laughs> yeah i'm sure. back i like it yeah 
Nice. I did see that, uh, Chuck, that you had been in a, uh, in a band, uh, Drizzle. So what, which instrument did you play? And I think that Uh, was was... a cover band, right? Or no? Well, so we did do some covers, but we did a lot of originals as well. Um, I was the guitar player. Uh, Jay was the singer. We had uh, a second guitar player. His name was Mike. Uh, our bass player, Ron recently, uh, moved his family to, uh, Kentucky, uh, and had a house had a house built and uh and and is good stuff and then our drummer dave is still in the area he's he's constantly uh he's constantly throwing me a text to being like hey you you want you want to get back at it you want to get back at it and i'm like i have the time man i was at the you know when i was at the station i was working three jobs just trying to hold everything down so man that's crazy once, uh, if if the time ever presents itself again i definitely would be open to to doing it again cool because i was going to ask you are you still playing but uh you know i i try and keep my my uh skills uh yeah. kind of limber uh last last year i decided what i'm bad at um new year's resolutions so <laughs> i don't make them like when new year's hits i make them right. throughout the year and then try and get it done and one of the ones that i made late in the year was i took uh the first foo fighters record and i learned i oh, already awesome. knew like three or four of the songs how to yeah. play them on guitar and yeah. then i started looking up youtube videos and and tablature and stuff like that and i basically learned every song on the first foo fighters record excellent front to back which was which was a lot of fun it was interesting to see how the chords worked how the some of the songs were in a tuning that i never have heard of before and then there were songs that like i just i've heard a million times and i really liked and it was cool to uh figure out you know what the guitar part was like and then yeah. learn to play that that was a lot of fun yeah that is awesome so i don't i don't have one for this year yet so i don't i don't know it's just maybe <laughs> i'll to pick a pick the second foo fighters record or something right. there uh, you go <laughs> just work your way through the catalog yeah i'll just i'll just become really good at playing the foo fighters <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> so uh i wanted to kind of back up and uh learn about like how did you get into broadcasting what was the what was the motivation for you to, to start doing that and how did you get into it? So around 2010, uh, I had been married to uh, a, a very nice lady. I'll, I'll, I'll call her a very nice lady um, for maybe like six or seven years and things were kind of falling apart in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and so we were going to get a divorce. At the time, I was uh, doing a job where I was driving around uh, the city of Harper Woods and I would leave tags uh, at people's doors if their grass was too long or if they put the garbage out and it was out for days and days. Um, so I would listen to a lot of the radio and I would hear the Specs Howard ad as well as listen to like the Drew and Mike show or listen to Jay Towers and Bill McAllister uh, when they were over at uh, 97.1 before it was a sports talk station yeah. when they were just kind of doing regular talk. Um, but mainly listening to the Drew and Mike show, there were always producers in the background that were like, you know, feeding them lines and stuff. And I thought to myself, I don't know if I can talk on the radio, but I could do that. And if you could get paid to do that, then I, I want in. Yeah. So I went to Specs Howard and uh, I took the tour and it sounded cool. And I got the student loan that I'll never be able to pay back. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the eight, nine months that I was at Specs Howard was a blast. Awesome. It, was a, it was so much fun. Um, and while I was there, uh, after two semesters, they would let you um, they would let you do an internship. Uh, and somebody that was in my class uh, that joined the class 
uh, in the after the second semester had just finished an internship with Trudy Daniels over at the Drew and Mike show. She was their, uh, their yeah. news person uh, and said, hey, like I can I can put your name in and get you in. And I was like, yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> that sounds great. Right. Um, so I sent them my resume and uh, he reached out and let their producer know that like her or her producer know that like, hey, this guy wants to be in. And then I noticed that she was doing a live event at the Best Buy that was like five minutes from my house that weekend. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to show up and I'm going to be like, hey, I don't know if you've seen my resume, but I, you know, hope, <laughs> hoping to work with you soon. And uh, I got a call that Monday. Oh, wow. Like, like she, she apparently walked in that Monday. I was like, hey, do we have a resume for this Chuck Bean guy? Because I saw him <laughs> at my Best Buy event and like he wants in and we needed we need an intern. So let's yeah. do this. I was uh, her intern for probably almost a year. Wow. Uh, but the the producer that she'd worked with said that uh, they, they didn't want to get rid of me. They didn't want to cycle me out because I was like, I was, you, you got, you had to get up at like three in the morning. Oh shit. So you could get there around like three thirty four. Uh The show started at six. So yeah, we like, we had to get there at four and then start watching the channel seven, channel four, channel two news, looking through the newspaper, finding like, what are the things she's going to talk about when she comes in? Yeah. And then she would, she would come in like a tornado and like write the pieces, ask for stuff. And it was kind of just like, it was fun to be in the room Yeah. because like you would, you would get as much done as you could before she got there. And then when she walked in, you would move away and let her start writing what she was going to say when she sat down to do one of her news segments. And at that point I, I would, you know, get on my laptop and uh, you know, we'd be looking at her phones or something like that. And she'd be like, Hey, how long has Kwame Kilpatrick been in prison? And you just oh, quickly <laughs> find that and spit it out. Right. So she'd have that information on hand. <laughs> um, and then when she would go in to do her news segment, we would continue to monitor what was going on on the television news and yeah. see if we could pull down audio that she could play while she was in there. And then we had a way to communicate uh, through text back and forth. And, right. and the program we were using is called News Boss. Um, and that was that was just it was fun it was like you, you would think getting up at three in the morning sounds abysmal <laughs> but does. i tell you you get up at three in the morning and if you can have the energy uh your day is done by 11 or 12 o'clock oh yeah i guess noon. yeah yeah you go home you take a nap and you're good to go until like 10 11 o'clock until you got to just get up and do it all over Fair again right. crazy but uh yeah so and it was working at the riff was like that was the first thing I did out of like 10 things. Like yeah. it was just this like move, moving up the ladder kind of thing. Did, um, did the, the, the you know, the classes and, and stuff you took at spec Howards, did that at all prepare you for what you, when you got into being an intern? Um, so I'm it, thinking of school, like sometimes you take classes and they don't really have an application until you get into the workforce and then you're starting to do it and you go like, I knew a little piece, but basically nothing. So, uh, like any schooling, I would say that the the equipment that we were using was definitely not uh, up to date as far yeah. as preparation for what you were going to use when you got into the actual job. But I think uh, working or going to Specs Howard was great because it does prepare you um, psychologically 
for like like one of the things that you need as a skill that you absolutely need if you're going to work whether it's television whether it's film whether it's uh, radio a skill that you need and it's a life skill really is the ability when something essentially catches fire to put out that fire but keep the show moving yeah so you know if like we're we're talking over zoom right now if zoom were to go down uh, instead of just having a meltdown because, oh, my God, Zoom went down, figuring out how do I get this back up and running so I can get this show, I can keep this show on the road. Right, um, right. And there were there were quite a few, like, kind of just life lessons that I felt like I learned going to Specs Howard. That's cool. And so, um, you know, from your career at, um, at Riff, what was one, what, some of the highlights for you? Like, what was the, of, of those 10 or, you know, 12 jobs that you did there, what do you yeah. think was the most uh, rewarding for you? Uh, probably the one of the most rewarding things was one of the last things I was doing, and that was the Motor City Riffs podcast. I felt like I was really kind of, if uh, if I hadn't have had the problems health-wise that I'd had over the last months, I felt like I was really starting to get my feet under me as far as uh, interviewing local bands and, yeah. and, uh, and, and kind of like exposing the scene. I would I would hope to a larger audience and uh, and getting to to know the players in the local scene which is very fun. I'd always thought to myself, um, you know, if I ever get to interview a band or something like that, like how are you gonna? It's a it's with anybody. Like how are you gonna make yourself stand out? How are you not gonna ask them the same yeah five questions they've been asked a million times? And one of the yeah. things I wanted to uh, approach it from was that well I'm also a musician so like when you go to a radio station and you're you're talking to a radio dj you're not expecting it to be like hey so what gear are you playing like right. how you know what guitars are you playing what pedals are you using kind of thing so that you're trying to connect with them on a different level kind of thing and then i i even took it one step further with like i i love working in the studio so every band that i would have on i was i would talk to about like hey you've recorded some stuff what was the studio like what is how is songwriting work for you because i know how songwriting works for me and and for right. jay uh, but everyone's different, so it's interesting to see how different musicians approach the the job of being a musician. So doing doing the Motor City Riffs podcast was really fun. Getting to do Motor City Riffs on Sunday nights was a lot of fun too, because yeah. it was like essentially being given an hour and saying fill it. Yeah, here's an hour. You got 14 minutes of commercials, and you've got 46 minutes to fill with music. So that was really a lot of fun. Even nice. doing Midnight Metal, like I'm not a big into metal, so Al Beck, who's the host of Midnight Metal, like he would pick a lot of the stuff, but then he would also, you know, if I threw in like, hey, can we play this Motorhead song? I'm a big fan. <laughs> hey, can we play Red Fan by Metallica? Because I really enjoy that song. He'd be like, right. yeah, all right, I'll find a spot for it. <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah, to, getting to do production work was really what I got into Radio 2 to do, whether it was commercial production or you know doing the production on the on the shows and stuff like that but uh i just kind of fell into doing the podcasting and ho hosting and being an on-air personality um yeah. i'd say probably for about 10 months in 2020 uh, i was seven to midnights monday through friday wow. um how i got it wasn't exactly how i would want to have gotten it but uh it was it was really interesting especially during that time period yeah to be the guy from seven to midnight and you know you're talking about the middle of uh you know covid the covid breakout could think of a better job to have than to be in a room by yourself <laughs> where you only interact with like two three people face to face right. like right. 
I guess I'm safe. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, you mentioned like when you were first like thinking about going to Spec Howard, you were thinking I can do the producer and I'm not necessarily sure I want to do the on-air, but then you eventually were doing more of the on-air stuff. Was that a... Yeah. Was that a hard shift for you? Did you feel comfortable doing it? Do you feel like, are you an extrovert and, or an introvert? How do you, I am, you feel that works for you? I am very much an introvert. I very much like being, you know, yeah. I've got my circle, and <laughs> like my circle. And then like just having, like I said, I, I mentioned I have like, uh, I, I, now, I'm, now I'm down to two jobs. Uh, but when I was at the radio station, I had three jobs. And one of those jobs uh, for the last year or so has been uh, delivering dry cleaning, which is probably my favorite thing to do the last year or two. Because, yeah. like, I'm in a van. I'm listening to podcasts or music or whatever. I'm, and, like, I'm just trusted to be like, hey, here's what you need to do. You've got three to four hours to get it done. Just go ahead. And, like, yeah. that's how I work best. Um, so it was kind of a hard shift. It was weird because I went from interning for the Drew and Mike show to – uh, trying to work for Rocket Mortgage, which did not work out uh, because it was a lot of phone calls and I have bad phone anxiety. Uh, and then I ended up coming back to the Riff in a promotions gig, uh -huh. which also was a bit of a feet to the fire moment because like you've got to interact with listeners at events right. and go and set the tent up and set the tables up and stuff. And I was like, well, if this is my foot in the door, then this is my foot in the door. And it was because after a couple of months, Trudy's producer decided to move on and knew that I was on the payroll and was like, just make him, just give him my job. Like <laughs> he was the best intern we ever had. Just give him my job. And that's what happened. And then nice. a couple of months later, the Drew and Mike show ended up, uh, ended up, you know, finishing up. And then um, Dave and Chuck the Freak came in and they needed a phone screener. So, all right, I'm here. Um, and eventually it turned into, Hey, we need somebody on weekends. We need somebody to board up when somebody is out at an event. Hey, we need somebody to do overnights. And then, like I said, it just kind of snowballs into, hey, Screaming Scott needs seven, you know, his, his yeah. Monday off. Do you want to do seven to midnight? Okay, sure. <laughs> and it just it just snowballed into this thing where it's like, uh, that was one of the life lessons I was talking about when you go to Specs Howard is don't yeah. be afraid to say yes. Even, yeah. if, even if it's something that you don't quite know that you're ready for, just say yeah. yes. Yeah. The worst that could happen is you mess up and they move you out of that position and put somebody else in it, you know, right. and yeah. it's, it's, it's life. It's, it's one of the things, one of the uh, people that, uh, that uh, taught me at Specs Howard used to say is like, the great thing about radio is it's not brain surgery. So if you <laughs> screw up, nobody's dead. <laughs> that's so true. Like, that's, a, that's a good philosophy to have it, it just in life generally to kind of like stop and take a minute and go like, if I mess this up, right. Does anybody die? No. Okay. Yeah. Then, <laughs> Let's give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, I always used to say, uh, you know, we're not flying the space shuttle, you know. So yeah, it's a, it's you know, don't worry. <laughs> exactly. It's all and that's good. something Jake can attest to. When uh, when we were younger, we were in our twenties, and I was in the band. That uh, I definitely didn't have that mindset. I definitely had no. kind of a perfectionist mindset of like every yes, note needs much. to be right, every line needs to be correct. When we play live, it's got to be perfect. Oh, and boy, man. oh boy, boy, oh boy. <laughs> Did that not work out for me? No, we got, I mean, we got to the point where we were, you know, we'd all kind of agree that this is, if, if it stops being fun. Yeah. Like, so once we get older, if it stops being fun, then let's not do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that and was, so, that's something that I'm sure Jay can attest to as well, is that it is interesting because we were at Drizzles together for like 25, 27 years on and really? off. Wow. Awesome. Um, 
and we would go through phases where like we would grow apart and we wouldn't practice and we wouldn't have any shows and we wouldn't do anything for for i don't know you know sometimes years at a time but then we would right. come back together and we would try it out and like it's fascinating how much different a person you are even from like your 20s to your 30s much less your 30s to your 40s or your 40s to your 50s um and how much like little things that used to drive you up the wall now just like don't matter like you you become almost nostalgic for it <laughs> right <laughs> awesome so it, are you guys going to get back together then <laughs> i mean i the, the, the Four or five of us are still alive, so anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I couldn't say that I would never. I, I don't know about like you know playing shows and touring and stuff because I'm missing a leg right. now. So, but um, as far as I would, I I don't know how to write with anyone else. I yeah. really don't. I, I can't even I can't even write effectively by myself because I would write with Chuck and he would just come up with a he'd have whatever he had, and I'd be like, all right, what is that? That's at the course of the verse. This is the course. Okay, play do it. To play keep playing to it. They stop. And then you do that, and then okay, go to the verses. And he, I, okay, don't stop, keep playing until I tell you to stop. And as soon yep. as you say whatever he was playing, I can't write fast enough. Like the lyrics are coming out of me so quickly that I have a heart. It looks like chicken scratch. Yeah, it looks like chicken scratch anyway. But you know, that's I don't know how to write with anyone else. I, I mean, I would definitely, absolutely, one thousand percent record again. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Awesome. And that's that. That's going back to doing the Motor City Risk podcast. That's one of the things that I was fascinated by, and why I love you know talking to other local musicians is to see like I know how songwriting works. You know, with me and Jay, how does songwriting yeah. work for you? Because everybody has a different way of of approaching it, and some are some are trained how to do it, and some just figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Chuck, how did you get into music? Like, when when did you start playing guitar, and what was the driver for that? Um, so growing up, my mom uh, played piano by ear, wow. uh, and I always I, I thought that was kind of cool and fascinating, yeah. and it, it was something that um, eventually, I think when I was in like middle school, I talked them into buying me a keyboard uh, and just trying to like plunking away at it and trying to figure out how stuff works on the keyboard and somewhere around the the like 1990 1991 is when i i really fell into watching mtv a lot during the summer and and i saw like uh faith no more's uh epic oh yeah was epic, a big yeah. song during that summer and the second bill and ted movie came out which was a huge influence as well so i was like this is around the time i start buying cassettes at the record store of like stuff that I'm kind of interested in. Yeah. Um, and I learned by ear how to play some Faith No More songs, some like Van Halen's, uh, you oh, know, yeah. Sammy Jump Hagar or, era. Oh, yeah. oh the yeah. Sammy Hagar, Hagar Van yeah. Hera stuff that was like yeah. more ballady. I could figure out the keyboards for that and stuff. Yeah. Um, I went to uh, uh, somebody's band practice with my keyboard. Uh, without telling my parents where I was going and they panicked and got really upset with me and they were like look you can continue to practice with the bands but why don't you have them just practice in our basement and I said okay sure um, and everybody else was cool with that right. so all right we got a place to practice um, and then everybody would just leave their stuff in our basement so over the next year or two uh I would just go downstairs and play with, you know, somebody's yeah. guitar or play with somebody's drum set and just kind of figured out how to do it all. 
you know, awesome. on my own by ear. And then, you know, I'm buying up cassettes and I'm listening to music and Nirvana gets huge. And then the next thing I know, like that's that Nirvana songs are really perfect for a beginning guitarist. Cause yeah. like it's all power chords and usually there's a, a very obvious verse is a very obvious chorus. chorus. And yeah. yeah. You can like, you can plunk away at it and figure it out pretty effectively. Yeah. And it was just a matter of, you know, when you're, when you're 17, 18, 19 years old and you've got a bunch of musical equipment downstairs when you got nothing but time, <laughs> right? You figure Get it out. out. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. What was the first album that you bought or cassette? Ooh, that is so. So there's like, there's two answers really. Because <laughs> there's like, there's the actual answer that's like, this was the first one. <laughs> right. But, but then there's the, like, there was a moment in time, like I said, like when I was in middle school and I discovered MTV, like that yeah. was the moment in time where music mattered to me. Because up yeah. until then, it was all like the monkeys and Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> were, were like a right. huge, like as, as a little kid. Yeah, listening to it. So going, I had oh, a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I had like a bunch of, I had like every one of Weird Al's albums on cassette. Right. Uh, I had a couple of different monkeys cassettes. Trying to remember what the first one of those are is impossible. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think the soundtrack to Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey might be like the official right here this is the beginning mode this is the moment where music right. is going to matter to you in a way that it did not matter to you before for the rest of your life yeah and it's really awesome. funny because i can still remember like the like i remember getting that cassette and then i think the next one was faith no more is the real thing i got tesla's psychotic supper somewhere around there uh, Van that's a good unlawful carnal knowledge <laughs> like it was a real for the first year or two until i started playing guitar it was a real smorgasbord of like right stuff yeah. and then once guitar once guitar became my primary you know way to attack music is when i started to really pay attention and lock it down to like okay well nirvana the smashing pumpkins matthew sweet yeah that kind of stuff nice awesome uh, so uh john how about you what was your first album or cassette oh, my, or cd excuse me what was my first what uh album or cassette or cd that you bought oh man uh, I, I remember in 1968, I was 13 and I bought the free all right now vinyl. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 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 I think that, that's a, I think that's the first that I bought. That's but a great, I, the, um, Hey, the one thing that I wanted to say about Chuck. Yeah, Chuck go ahead. Here is that I'm a big fan. That's why I'm on right now when, and he talked about motor city riffs and he threw a couple of my band's tunes out on motor city riffs over the last couple of years. And it was just the biggest rush, you know, to have, uh, to have this, the tunes played and, uh, get the exposure yeah. and that whole concept, you know, that MCR concept was just fabulous support for local bands. Yeah. What were, what were your bands, John? Well, I'm in. It's the same band that I've been in the last five years. It's called J2C Blues Rock Band. Cool. We're in Novi, and we play local. You know, play local gigs and have a bunch of tunes out on the internet stores. Nice, very nice. I think my favorite thing about doing the Motor City Riff show was getting to see people post to Instagram or Facebook or something like that when their song got played and how how emotional it would be like some you know a lot of people would be extremely excited some people would be brought to tears just to like yeah. have their song on the radio and somebody that you know as somebody that played music for a long time i understand 
like getting your song played on the radio is kind of a it's a big milestone and you know it gave me it gave me the opportunity to sneak my own band in once or twice so (laughs) so i I got to experience it a little bit myself yeah no i i think it was it was almost even cooler to see not only people that i was already friends with that are in bands but people like like john here or or um you know other people that would post to their like i said to their instagram and it's just really that i the rush of doing it for somebody, if you can believe it, John, is even better than the rush of oh, getting to hear your song on the that's radio. That's hard to fathom, buddy. <laughs> I, I tell you, because every time you'd play one of our tunes, I'd get my iPhone and I'd go out in the garage and I'd sit in my car and I would video the whole thing looking at the head unit of, of you know, and yeah. you sit there and you wait and wait. And then finally you hear, yeah, yeah, this band out of Nova JTC. Then you guys, if you said anything like, hey, this band's out of Novi JTC, come see him at wherever, Uptown Grill or whatever. Then it's like, you know, you start shaking. You get so excited, you know. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, God, it was fabulous. So God bless you, Chuck Bean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure there's uh, I'm sure there's a handful of things I will absolutely miss about being on the radio. And that's that's top That's top of the list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you can like you said nerd out on the on the new podcast and yeah yeah so that'll be awesome too that'll be fantastic uh jay how about you what was your first album mine was not as glamorous the very first thing that i remember buying was the uh uh the rocky four soundtrack nice because nice. I, I i grew up here in standish and it was like you down, down there you could it, it, back then you could i'm assuming you, could, you know, throw a rock and hit a place that carried music uh, up here is very very limited and what you got right. was very very limited if you wanted something you had to go to it was a place in bay city back in the day it was a, a record store slash head shop and that's where my brother would go and buy all of his stuff at so i mean a lot of music stuff i like the very first cd i owned was um uh boston's greatest says but the very first actual cd compact disc that i bought like on my own was uh um uh, tool. Uh, the second oh. album. I, I, I can't uh, remember what it's called. The what was the item album? Oh, uh, no, no. Undertale. Undertale. Yeah, Undertale. I, that was the first. That was like the first CD. That was the first CD that I piece or piece of music I ever purchased that actually meant anything to me. That I was like, wow, you know, this is. Yeah. I, I like what these guys are doing. I like what this this music is. But I I I cut my teeth on hair metal. You know, so oh yeah, I played guitar since I was thirteen. 13 or 14 i'm almost 50 so and i'm still nowhere good as, as chuck is we have to do it for a long time i was i just sang the band when i, I made that like abundantly clear, clear right from the beginning I'm like i don't want to play the guitar unless i have to and i i just want to sing i don't want to play the guitar I would like to say that uh, we have different skill sets when it comes to the guitar. There you go. <laughs> my real yeah, question, we, we Jay. Don't... My real question, Jay, is: Did you get the Rocky Four soundtrack for James Brown's "Living in America," or did you get it because "Eye of the Tiger" was on it? I got, I got it because of that that Survivor song. It's "Burning oh, yeah. Heart" yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, because yeah. you see the video and Rocky's doing the training montage, and you know yeah. what? You're 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 a fat fourteen year old kid, and you're like, I'm gonna be Rocky. You know, <laughs> hell yeah, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this, and this song's gonna motivate me, and it motivated right. me to eat more pizza. But whatever. 
it was I, I thought it was cool, so that's the only reason I got it, man. Oh man. You know, now when I th- now whenever I hear burning hard, I'm gonna be motivated to eat more pizza. <laughs> eat more pizza, man. You 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 could you can use it. You're you know, you're you're pretty you're pretty thin still. There you go. I'm doing all right. You're, I'm getting you're back. in good shape still physically. You know, you look good. So you have I have more pizza. I have it for both of us. Yeah. Okay. There's, there should always, I mean, I mean, always have pizza. Never, never yeah, limit yourself to pizza. Yeah, you gotta sure. feed your soul. You That's know. right. That's right. Uh, Jennifer, uh, how about you? What was your first album? Are you there, Jennifer? My first album? Yeah. Did I ever buy it? Yep. Um, I can't remember. I think it was, <laughs> what, I remember being really excited about Todd uh, Jovi. Oh, nice. nice. Excellent. Excellent. So, so Chuck, uh, uh, kind of on that same theme, uh, what was the first concert you went to? Um, the first concert I remember going to, my parents took me to see Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> opening for the monkeys. Uh, it oh, was man. three, it was three of them. Mike Nesmith was not there, which made me sad because he was my favorite monkey. Yeah. Um, but it was it was my first concert. It was, it was pretty good. good uh, what was it? It's uh, out at uh, Pine Knob. Yeah. Davy Jones and uh, what's his Davy name? Jones, Mickey Dolan's, Peter Mickey Tork. Dolan's. Yeah, Peter Tork. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And now I think uh, I think Mickey might be the only one left. Yep. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's touring now, and he's the only one left. But uh, yeah, that was my first concert. Followed up pretty quickly by uh, getting to see the Moody Blues with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. Wow. That was that was a yeah. That was that was cool. Nice. What was the first concert you went to that you really wanted to go to? Like you, you purchased tickets for yourself. I mean, post post monkeys era. I I saw Nirvana the last time they were in Detroit. Oh no! Uh, shit. Awesome. During the Nutro tour, yeah, um, it was at um, man. I don't think it's around anymore. This is like the, the, the Michigan. No, oh. it's the Michigan State Theater or something like that. It's like oh. I don't yeah. think I don't think it's it's open anymore. But it was just like a big friggin' warehouse, and it was so funny because I got I went down to the floor. My mom took us, uh, or took I I think there were two of us. Maybe there wasn't. Yeah, there was. There was two of us. So my mom took us, and we went down to the floor to try and get as close to the stage as we could. And she, like, there were seats up in the the balconies on the sides. And she got up in the seats of one of the balconies on the sides. And the opening band was called The Boredoms. They were a Chinese noise rock band. And within one song, I went from the floor. I went and found her up in the stands. And I was like, I'll stay here. Like, it's loud. (laughs) And people are swinging on each other down there. And, like... (laughs) I don't. I I want to actually see the show that we yeah. paid to see, and that's what I did. I said I stayed up in the thing and I watched, which is funny because like that set the tone for every show I've been to ever since. Like now I don't. I don't even try and get as close to the front as possible. Like I literally, I walk in the room and I start scouting for like where's the best place to actually see this. Yeah. And ha- yeah. Like when when they used to when the palace was still standing, uh, I went and I saw the Smashing Pumpkins there a couple like maybe ten years ago, and um. I, if, if I've got floor and it's someplace like that, I will go to wherever the sound booth is yeah. and stand next to the sound booth because I figure a, they've got to have probably the best acoustical like version of whatever's yeah. happening. Yeah. Uh, 
not thinking that they probably have headphones on so they can hear it from the board. <laughs> right. But also sometimes you can, they'll have the set list so you can kind of like glance over and see like, <laughs> are they, are they playing my favorite song tonight? Right. They, how many songs are there? Kind of thing. Yeah. And they usually have a, a pretty good line of sight, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That too. Yeah. So, so that's typically, like I said, now whenever I go to any concert, it's just like, okay, where am I going to be able to see this the best? Yeah. Was that the state fairgrounds maybe? That's it. The state yeah. fairgrounds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because I saw uh, Jane's Addiction there. I remember that place. Nice. Yeah. Very that was, cool. That was fun. Uh, so, Do you remember who opened? Uh, no, actually. No. I don't. I just remember it Jane's Addiction. must not have been important. <laughs> yeah. They had, uh, they had these two like stripper poles set up on uh, either side of the stage and uh, these girls dancing in there and, you know, Jane's Addiction doing their thing. And I think Flea was on bass at that time. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was fun. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. There was I, a there was a bar down in Mount Clemens that Drizzle played at that had those like the cages for the oh, yeah. girls. And <laughs> oh. I just I just I just set my pedals up in one of them. <laughs> my guitar pedals and I just played out of one of them because I'm like, when am I, I gonna get another tune to do this? Right. The Hayloft, yeah, probably. I think that was the Hayloft, yeah. I remember playing yeah. there. Yeah. It does sound <laughs> like the Hayloft. What was the other place? The Emerald, I think, right? Emerald yeah, Ballroom. the Emerald Ballroom. The Emerald Ballroom was awesome because it looks like where they shot the Pearl Jam Evenflow video. Yeah, yeah. But it's also so big, unless you're a national band, there is no way to make that room not feel empty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I never saw a local band there that you couldn't look in a particular direction and just see empty seats. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Jay, how about you? What was your first uh, concert? Oh Jesus! Uh, I I think it it was the first the first like actual like concert concert I went to yeah. was on Heart Plaza and it was the guitar guitar player for Triumph. I don't oh. know how I even ended up there. I was with some friends and we ended up down there and um, I was I was like seventeen because up up at that point I lived here and there was there's no bands yeah, here nobody comes here really. I mean, <laughs> and I wasn't trying to go see live bands when I was sixteen or fifteen or whatever. I was too timid and scared, but um yeah it was rick like, emmett right yeah rick emmett that's what it was, yeah. was it, uh, rick emmett down in a uh, triumph or in a uh, hurt plaza nice. or some some musical festival thing that was going on down there it was cool you know awesome my first awesome. time experiencing something like that yeah oh yeah and rick Emmett's fun. awesome yeah it was really good you know yeah. there were a ton of people so yeah cool yeah it was a good time uh john how about you um same year i bought that free album i saw the box tops for a dollar at a local church nice but more interestingly i gotta tell you best concert i ever saw 1974 i was a sophomore at virginia tech and i saw the who in a, a small venue but even uh. more interesting than that i was 12 when i lived in san francisco and i'd sit outside the fillmore with my buddy and we'd watch the likes of uh, Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull, Very the Airplane, cool. all those guys walking by us. Wow. And I'm a Navy brat, and they all have long hair and beards. And I go, why do they have such hot chicks, you know, with all the hair? <laughs> and then literally, like three, literally, like three years later, I look just like they did. <laughs> Oh man, John, that's awesome! Holy crap! Which uh, so seventy four? Who would have been like what? Is that who's next? Uh, oh no! Uh, I'm thinking who's next was seventy seven. Uh, okay. Oh no! Wait a minute. Who's next? Oh, you could be right. Yeah, maybe you're right. 
Yeah. But I mean, I just, I remember, and you know, like Chuck was talking about the stage and you get older and you don't want to be, you know, but I was a sophomore in college. So I was, I ran, I was pinned up against the stage. I was right there. There's a bunch of people squishing me from behind. Oh yeah. But Townsend was throwing pitchers of beer out on the stage <laughs> and sliding on his knees, not missing a lick, you know, <laughs> wow. during his slides, he's five feet from me, you know? Oh man. That's awesome. So yeah, cool. that's super cool. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, how about you? What was your first uh, concert? Um, I was in kindergarten, and I went to a Kenny Rogers concert. Nice. Awesome. Kenny Rogers. Yes. When I got home, I put my bumper sticker on their car, and it was on there for like 20 years. <laughs> so <now laughs> that's I sweet. My bumper stickers. I don't put them on cars anymore. <laughs> did, he, uh, did he play the gambler? Yes. My, my favorite was uh, Ruben James. Nice. nice awesome very cool kenny fantastic hey jennifer where do you live shelby township michigan shelby have you ever heard a band called alan turner no i'll check it out though yeah yeah they're a kenny rogers tribute they do they're they do really well i mean they um yeah i i'd say alan turner look them up steel horse band or something but if you oh, like cool. kenny rogers i think you're, you're gonna like these guys oh, cool thank you awesome Awesome. So, uh, Chuck, if you could have a beverage of your choice with somebody alive or dead, um, who would that be? And what would you want to talk Oof. to them about? Wow. It's, it's funny because my wife and I will have conversations very often about, um, like different bands that we're big fans of or something like that. And there's, there's kind of that like you don't want to meet your heroes because you don't want them to disappoint you kind of thing. Oh yeah. Like I I, I mentioned that I'm a big fan of the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, Billy Corrigan is currently doing a podcast for his new album, is his triple album or whatever that's going on, and and I'm listening to it, and I'm still a big fan, but I also don't think I could maintain a conversation with Billy Corrigan. <laughs> I just don't. I I I feel like. He would get on my nerves and then I would be like, oh, but I really like his music, but oh my God, I want to strangle him. <laughs> and then there's also the conversation of like, um, you know, I was a, a big fan of Nirvana, but also it's, it's a little bit of a mixed blessing that Kurt Cobain didn't, I don't know, live long enough to disappoint. Yeah. If yeah. that makes any sense. Like, yeah, I'm no, not saying yeah. I, I'm not saying I wish that or that i'm happy that he killed himself at 27 or that he had the problems he had but also there's there's that as as your heroes whether they're music musical heroes or, or hollywood heroes or something like that as they get older especially in this day and age they they're kind of like inevitably they're gonna go super right wing or they're gonna say <laughs> something that you're just like cringe no. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I can listen to my my yeah. records anymore. I don't know that I can watch that movie anymore without yeah. thinking about the fact that that guy holds that opinion. Or they, so um, or they trail off, like, because I was like huge into Metallica until sure. the black the black album, and then it sure, and, and it just kept progressively getting worse for me. So yeah. It, and you know, I don't have anything against those guys, and they're doing great, and they're, but I just feel like, oh, you know, it's like. You just feel that you know what? like, uh, why isn't it Dave still... Grohl? Yeah. Dave oh, Grohl. I, all right. <laughs> I'd, sit down, I'd sit down with Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl seems like such a genuine dude. And like, yeah. even if I did walk away from it going like, man, Dave Grohl's kind of a dick. <laughs> like, you got yeah. to hang out with Dave Grohl. Like, you, you, I'm, I'm, I'm 
betting that my odds are better that <laughs> I'm going to have a drink with Dave Grohl and walk away with it going like, yeah, guy deserves everything he's got. What a good dude. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Jay, how about you? Same question. Who would you like to hang out with and have a beer or a soda or a coffee or whatever you like to drink? Oh, it would be beer. And I don't, I, it, it, thinking about the way Chuck answered his, his questions, I, it, I'm a huge country fan. Nice. Um, so it, I, I possibly Garth Brooks, but what if he, what if he's a right wing prick? You know, I don't want to know <laughs> yeah. that James Taylor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it would be it, I, James Taylor is one of my all time biggest musical influences. He's, he's how I learned how to do harmonies. Oh, nice. was harmonizing yeah. with his, with his vocals. So him, but I, I would have to agree with Chuck. I think it would be Dave Grohl because he's, he just, same reason. He just seems like such a genuine, nice, nice guy. If you, I, I think if you want to get a good feel for how he is, watch the show hot ones and watch the episode that he's on. Um, It's great. Yeah. And he gets the host pretty drunk. <laughs> he, he keeps making him drink whiskeys and Cokes or something like that. And by the end of the episode, the, the Evans, the, the Chris Evans, or Sean, whatever his name is, the host is he's drunk and he's hugging on Dave and, <laughs> I think that's just the kind. I mean, he just did this barbecue thing where he, yeah, I saw that 12 or 16 hours straight or something like that for yeah. just just to do it because he's a, a cool guy. I mean, that's that's really the reason I wanted to get into music. Yeah, I didn't he's... I didn't want to be this famous guy. I didn't I didn't want to be the Stones. You know, I didn't want to be 80 years old out there strutting around like Mick. I wanted yeah. to get into music to help people and help other bands and kind of like what Chuck was doing with you know Motor City kind of getting them out there and finding talent and stuff like that. And I think Dave Grohl has the ability to do stuff like that. And I think he would do that for sure. Once he's done being a musician think, or touring and stuff, I think that's that I think he would have, he definitely has the power to do. It. He has the pull to do it. You know, I think and there's I, probably I, plenty of bands that he's done that for that. He's like, I, he's heard something. He likes what he hears and he's, he puts them in yeah. front of the right people. Cause he knows yes. like these guys got it. Yeah, and that's exactly what I wanted to do, and he's—that's why I, I look up to the guy, and I really admire him because I think he's got the kind of personality that, like you said, he's—I'm sure he's done that already, and would would love to do that, and would continue to that because he knows what he understands what good music is, and he sees good music, you know, musicianship from people, and yeah, yeah I, would, I would have to say probably me chucking him sitting down, cool. having some drinks, at least at least That'd a Pepsi fun. or something, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> and then yeah. we would just make him write an album with us. <laughs> I'm sure it wouldn't be hard. It seems like anybody right. that sits down with Dave Grohl and has the ability to pick up a musical instrument just eventually ends up jamming. That's right. Yeah. And he's like, well, let's put it on. Why not? Just you now. And then I'll yeah. barbecue food for people and then, you know, maybe make a yep. movie or whatever. I'll, uh... Yeah. He'll invite you out to, uh, what is it, 606? Is that what it is? Studio yeah. Is? Studio, yeah. Uh, I think it's Studio 606. Yeah. yeah. Where he's got yeah. that board yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. It would stuff. definitely be Dave, I think. Jay was. Jay was talking about country musicians and it, it dawned on me if it, if it was somebody that wasn't uh, any longer alive, I think it would be cool to meet Johnny Cash. Oh, hell yeah. 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 I'd, Absolutely. Be a, I'd be a little bit afraid to talk to him because uh, I just wouldn't know what to say to him because he's, he's yeah. such a, yeah. But, um, yeah, for sure. I'd ask him how that boom chicka boom drum thing works. I don't, get it. <laughs> I don't understand it. Right. Or what was it like being in, you know, uh, Folsom prison? You know, that show. Yeah. 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 It's wild. Yeah. John, how about you? Who would you uh, like to talk to? Uh, well, I'll tell you after I talk about Dave Grohl. All right. 
So Dave Grohl went to my high school. And um, yeah, I told you I was a Navy brat. That's why I was out in San Francisco. My dad was stationed at a naval air station in the 60s. But then in, when I was 13, I moved to Washington, D.C. He was stationed at the Pentagon. Yeah. And Dave Grohl went to Thomas Jefferson High School, which is where I went. If you ever look it up, it's in the news all the time. It's a magnet school. It wasn't back then. Mm-hmm. But um, Dave got thrown out of there because all he could do is smoke weed all day and he just couldn't go to class. <laughs> and then he had a history of that he kept getting thrown out of other high schools in Northern Virginia for weed smoking. I'm not sure he ever graduated. Maybe he got his GED or something. Yeah. But anyways, so my favorite artist would be Clapton. And um, not only because of how he, you know, influenced the guitar world and music, I especially loved his stuff when he was with Cream and even before that. Yeah. But his, if you remember the song Tears in Heaven? Yeah. 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 Okay. So he wrote that about his son, Connor, who passed away. He wrote that song. Now, my daughter passed away one year before. So when he wrote that song, I couldn't even listen to it. I just tears would break. I just turn into a ball of tears, you know, took me like decades before I could actually listen to the song. But for all he did, that link I've got with him, it'd be clapped in. And I would say, what do you like to drink with vodka, Eric? And (laughs) that would be it. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Excellent. I, uh, and he did he did a lot um as far as clapton um with um you know bringing notoriety to him and um god i'm blanking out on who's this um shit who's the stones guitar player trap blanking out now uh it's not keith richards yeah keith richards um yeah they both did a lot to um promote the um original blues players you know and when i saw clapton's crossroads in chicago like i don't know was it 15 years ago maybe more um 2010 uh he had like bb king out there and how much bb king loved him and he had johnny winter out there he had um uh shoot there was another dude but it, it was really cool how um it would be fun to talk to him about that you know like For how sure. he got into the blues and you know those artists that influenced him that's yeah be cool uh jennifer how about you who would, who would you like to talk to I would love to talk to Prince. I nice. love the way that he's so creative with his songwriting, not afraid to make new sounds, and he's all about being himself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Prince would be great. That's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's another person I would probably be afraid to talk to, though. Cause I'd be, like, yeah. Cause you, you know, he's such a musical powerhouse. You know, it'd be like, you know, Michael Jackson, too, you know. Some, or Stevie Wonder, those dudes. It's like, how did you get this good? You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the kind of thing that, like I like I was saying before about like when you're 17 and you've got a bunch of musical instruments and nothing but time. It's <laughs> it's it's easy to figure out. Like if you're on tour and you've got nothing else to do but sit there and play the guitar, then it's it's right. not that hard to get really good at it. <laughs> no shit. Oh. <laughs> uh. So Chuck, you get the the podcast coming up. Any any other other things in the works? Um, pretty much that, that the is, focus. Yeah, that is it. I mean, I've I've trying to. Uh, I I worked at the Rift for about eleven or twelve years, and that's mm-hmm. about eleven or twelve years uh, with very little days off, very little yeah. vacation. No no vacations. Uh, you're talking like I probably six days a week doing yeah. something. Yeah. Um, 
so I'm definitely I'm trying to take it easy. I'm not good at it. Uh, so I like I'm already, you know, putting out applications for jobs and stuff and getting right. phone calls and setting up interviews. And yeah. so uh, but um, nothing. I'm just trying to see where the good Lord wants to put me at, awesome. at 45 at 45 years old. Uh, I'd like to uh, I'd like to I've 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 been many things in my life in the last decade or so. I got to be a radio personality and that yeah. was fun. And maybe it's over. Maybe it's not. We'll right. see. Yeah. Awesome. So Chuck, I've just got, uh, I want, well, first I want to thank you and I want to thank Jay and John and Jennifer for being on fans of bands. Really appreciate Thanks it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you thank very you. much. Yeah. It was fun. I've just got one last question and that is pineapple or no pineapple on pizza. Oh, you gotta put pineapple on the pizza, man. Got <laughs> so good. Awesome. Okay. I'll, I'll ask you a question back. Chuck bean, would you put marinara sauce on a pineapple upside down cake? Mm. <laughs> well, you may think that that's a trick question and that there is a right answer. However, you are talking to a guy who loves sauce. Oh, nice. So I would try it. Yeah. I, I can't would. Say, I personally say can't say that I wouldn't eat it. I don't know that I would put it on the whole entire cake, but I'd be damned if I wouldn't take my piece and dip it in the sauce and try it. Right. Pizza is... Pizza is a is a strange animal for me because I'm lactose intolerant. So I love Ooh. me some Little Caesars pizza. Yeah, I got to peel the cheese off. I got to do what I call pizza surgery as soon yeah. as I get it home. Yeah, get that cheese off of there. Uh, right. So I'm all bread and sauce, man. So like, <laughs> oh, yeah. sauce. Yeah, I'll try it on whatever I want. <laughs> Any, anything you got? Let me let me dip it in some sauce and see what it tastes like. <laughs> awesome, uh, Jay. How about you? Uh, pineapple or pineapple? Preferably for me, I get a pizza. I have pineapple on it, right? Yeah. And then I have a bunch of extra pineapple chunks to put on top of that Holy with cow. extra sauce that I'm going to eat and shove into my fat face. And <laughs> I'm going to be so, so happy about it. I'm, I'm, I'm with Chuck on that, man. I'm all about the sauce, <laughs> oh, man. I, I could, like, my, we owned a pizza up here when I was a kid. And we have sauce. a, you know, my father's sauce recipe and stuff that he used. And I could just eat that. Nice with a spoon. I don't really have to have any on anything. <laughs> Excellent. So, that's uh, that's my answer on pineapple pizza. Nice, John. Thank you, how, how about you? Uh, well, I think the question I asked Chuck was kind of rhetorical, in as much as I think you got my answer. <laughs> yeah. I think he's a no. Yeah. no hard no on that one from John. Uh, and Jennifer, how about you? Um, I, I want my pineapple on the side and my sauce on the side too, please. Uh, oh, so just a cheese and bread. No, I mean, like, I'll have the pineapple, but I don't want it on the pizza. I just put it in the side. Got it. So you can construct as you go. Very nice. Yeah. Very that nice. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way well, to do it. Well, proper ratio. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well, Chuck, Jay, John, Jennifer, thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Very you much. All right. One Chuck to another. Keep up the good work. All right. Thanks, Chuck. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you so much to Chuck, Jay, John, and Jennifer for joining me on this episode of Fans of Bands. It was really cool to get a chance to talk with Chuck and learn about how he got into broadcasting. We also touched on Chuck's old band, Drizzle. The big news during our chat is Chuck's new project, which is a podcast called Really Big Fan Podcast. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Chuck will be test driving the new show on Twitch, so keep your ears and eyes peeled. 
see the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams. <laughs>